Welcome to Behind the Smoke Podcast, Barbecue War Stories. My name is Sean Walchef with Cali Comfort Barbecue. We're recording Above the Butcher Shop with Derek Marceau, Valley Farm Market. This is episode number 94. Um, if the first time listening, welcome to Behind the Smoke. Uh, today we're recording, it's on a Tuesday, uh, February 19th. And we just got some breaking news that we should probably at least just touch. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually getting text messages right now <laughs> from all my buddies. Um, in San Diego, most of you guys know that we lost our NFL football team. The San Diego Chargers moved up to L.A. Um, a lot of people were disappointed in that, uh, in the ownership and you know in the city for not getting a deal done with the stadium. Um, and, you know, everyone's kind of trying to search for, for what to do next. You know, the Padres have sucked for a long time. Me personally, we've had season tickets since 73. Um, we have six season tickets to the Padres, <clears throat> and I went to zero games the last two years with season tickets. Um, I pass them out to my employees, everybody else, because I don't really uh, get time to go. But with that being said, I think this year might be different. We just signed the largest uh, baseball contract in the history of sports to uh, Manny Machado. Ten years. $300 million and... I did hear that uh, Bryce Harper, we've given Bryce Harper the his biggest deal. Um, it just depends on if he wants to sign it or sign with the Phillies. Yeah, it's uh, it's absolutely incredible. Um, this podcast comes out every Friday, but we did want to touch base on that just because of how much uh, news there's been on Padres Twitter as well as San Diego sports media. Um, the cool thing that we get to do um, every week is – dive into hospitality, dive into entrepreneurship, dive into different opportunities that barbecue is open for Derek and myself. And um, one of our mutual friends, Brad Bohensky, he runs Yelp San Diego, and he was on this podcast. He t talked about a lot about owning your Yelp page and doing Yelp Elite events. Um, it was a really good episode, but he introduced us to today's guest, which is Chad Klein, um, who runs... Pretty much every iconic dive bar in San Diego. I would call um, I would call you a dive bar renaissance renaissance man. Um, you as well as uh, Rocky. Um, welcome to Behind the Smoke. Yeah, that's a nice compliment. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, um, you know, the more that I realized how far your expertise goes as far as dive bars goes, um, let's start at the waterfront um, for people. We have people fortunate that we have people all over the world that listen to this, but waterfront um, is the oldest bar, correct? In yeah, San Diego. Right. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about your backstory? Um, as far as the waterfront, yeah. or, uh, well, it's, it's the oldest liquor license in San Diego because, um, you know, we've had it since prohibition. So there can't be one that's older than that. Um, it's been around for a long time. I, I, I believe that, uh, Chafee Grant, which is Ulysses S. Grant's grandson. This is the story that I was given was a person that partnered up with another guy to start to start the bar. And, um, I think that, uh, the rumor was that that was how he was able to get the license so fast. And, you know, uh, the liquor license, he, he, he got the liquor license together quickly, maybe with connections or something like that. And then, um, you know, they had it for a while. He ended up, um, uh, it, little Italy has kind of changed quite a lot over, you know, the years. And, um, one of the things, the big things that changed little Italy in a negative way was the five freeway. Um, cut through it and so when it cut through it it kind of changed the landscape of that area um, in, a, in, a, in a way that made like warehouses and things come to what was before that like you know a nice little fishing town you yeah know? and um, so 
uh, when that happened, Waterfront kind of had a, a pretty, uh, you know, all the businesses in that area had a decline. And um, uh, uh, my my great grandpa was in the bar business, and what he what he would do is he would he would flip bars, and um, so he'd go in and he would go to these really divier spots. He'd fix them up a little bit, and then he'd turn them over. Um, and so in, in his doing that, um, my grandma, who was a waitress, um, kind of was, you know, a waitress, she had three kids, but she's saving up money. She's seeing what, um, uh, my great grandpa's doing. And she kind of was like, Hey, you know, if, if certain opportunities come up where you have one of these bars that, you know, maybe you want to sell at a nice price, why don't you flip it to your, you know, flip it to me. And so she would pick up a couple of those deals here and there. And the waterfront was one of those deals that she picked up that wow. they were, they were, she, he, he was just kind of like turning over. It was a really like run down little spot when, mm-hmm. when my grandma got when it. When was that? What, what year? It was the late seventies, early eighties. Okay. And she had just gotten out of, um, it's called the coaster now, but when she had, it was called the seven, five, six club. And I believe it was the same type of deal. Um, my great grandpa had it and it, you know, just one of those things. And that was it. She went in and got it from him and and uh, tried to make a run out of it in Mission. Mission at that time was much different than what it is now too. And so um, I don't know what, you know, she just kind of felt it more with the waterfront vibe than she did with the 756 because they were kind of similar um, similar locations really. I've never really asked her why she chose to flip that one and, or, or turn that one and go straight into another one that's exactly like it, but that's what she did. So what gave you, I mean, the, the bug to do that, just watching your family doing all the time. And I mean, you go to school, you figure out you want to do this. And I mean, now shit, what do you have? Six of them? How, yeah. do, how does that, I mean, all spiral into, you know, you doing that? Because I, I know personally, um, you know, having you guys come into neighborhoods is amazing for that neighborhood. Um, the Hills has been nothing but spectacular to La Mesa, the way you guys come in and you guys come in with open arms and uh, want to be in, uh, you know, part of the community. I know Pete reached out to me um, from the Hills and we got to do some, you know, things back and forth. And it wasn't a thing of him saying, hey, what can you do for me? It was like, hey, this would be pretty cool for the community to have something on the menu. So you guys kind of come into it like a little bit of a different approach. I, I think that we see them as like neighborhood hubs. And when we go into a spot, we kind of think of it as, um, you know, this is where people are going to go to have like conversation and they're going to, this is where people are going to go to like meet up and have, you know, important moments in their life and things like that. You know, like it's, 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 um, we, we think of it as a, like a place where I don't, you know, I don't know what they had back in the day to, right. to, to go and do it, but, but maybe it was the same, but that, you know, like I just feel like it's today's place that that's where people go to, to have a conversation with each other, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, cause you're right. I mean, there's, I can't tell you, tell me, tell you how many times I'm, you know, here and everyone's like, Hey, let's go grab something to eat. I'm like, all right, let's meet at the Hills. Yeah. You know, right. That's just right. And we sit there and it's, everyone's personable. Everyone's excited. Um, it's not too noisy, which is great because sometimes that could be a, an issue at a restaurant where it's too noisy and you can't talk and have the conversation like you're talking about. And it's uh, just very inviting. I mean, it's uh, the conceptually it's, they've always been, been pretty cool. Yeah. Know? People have always asked us that when we're um, opening new spots, they go, what's your concept? What's your concept? And it's always, it, it's a little bit, I don't, I don't, maybe embarrassing is the wrong word, but I'm always like, I don't really have, there's no concept. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what, like, 
we're just going to be nice to people, you know, <laughs> like that's, 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 the concept. That, that's yeah. basically it, you know, and like, you can say that to them and you guys laugh and get it, but they, but they go, okay, okay you know, good yeah, luck. yeah, yeah like, good luck. That's not going to work, man. You right. know, and, and like it, it, I think it does. It really come like, it is that simple. And, um, that is something that, uh, was, I think taught to us from our grandma. Um, you know, it wasn't about like making some spot that had like, ostrich skin seats and but you know that you know like like nobody cares you know like you yeah. like i don't I, I don't you know i think some people care but but, but it's like 10 percent of the people actually care about something like that and right. i think that generally if you go back to a spot it's because you felt something where people where you were appreciated and you know they just liked you being there you know right have you have you seen that buying all these different or you know doing these different bars that you've changed you know with the progression of California's minimum wage going up and like have you guys changed how you guys do certain things at the restaurants or are you guys pretty uh structured in, in the no, same yeah it's we're always changing yeah like, mm-hmm. like like always trying to like navigate those those challenges on you know I mean it's it's extremely complicated and some new things just are always getting thrown at you on how you're gonna like just it, it, like give your guest a high value product but at the same time be able to stay in business you know like, sure. it, it, it's just like uh it, it's it's i mean we we meet on it many many times a week and right. that's always a you know like there's always the, the those types of discussions that are had on how we're going to tweak and yeah. adjust and stuff you know i think you see that the people that don't do that will end up going out of business yeah it's yeah you have to change at the times you have to do those things sean talks about it a lot too <clears throat> just making sure that you know you're on the pulse of, of what's going on because i mean you guys know better than anybody but i mean you know labor costs and it, it's it's outrageous and people you don't you guys don't work on high percentages no. so it's it's hard to make sure that you guys you know do that right and you're always making sure that you can figure out a different maybe a more of a fast casual approach to get food out to people and and do those things but in the same sense give them the experience and people smiling and being happy and you know so that's probably the struggle that you guys have to deal with you know, day in and day out i think for us what we what we try to remember is for us it's actually you know, we have the resources and things like this to try to tweak and, and, and adjust and, and, um, you know, navigate through those types of challenges. But like, um, something that I, I, am I get bummed out on is all these things and, and these, like, um, these HR stuff that ends up happening. That's very difficult to even deal with just from a paperwork standpoint. It makes it almost, I, I can't think of being like, a, like a, like a mom and pop person that's opening up their first spot. I don't even see how those guys do that. Right. Like, I, and, and I, I would be, I'd be shocked if, if there wasn't stats that showed that those types of spots just don't happen anymore, you yeah. know? And like back in the day, you could open up a spot with, you know, some money that you saved up as a family and open up a little, little spot and make, make something work. And if it worked, you could get bigger. And that's mm-hmm. the way, that's the way that it works. Right. Yeah. If you want to open up a spot now, you got to have at least a half a million dollars, and that, that's just to like grease traps and and and, and you <laughs> yeah. know like like navigating uh, development services and and um, just all like there's just hurdle after hurdle after hurdle to try to get something up. To me, is like as far as business is concerned, I think this is the most most like approachable American dream business. The restaurant business is the most approachable. Like people get like start to finish on what the product is at yeah. least in their mind they get yeah. it you know so like when they look at it they go i i can do this which is great like and they should be allowed to be able to try and all these like you know government entities that are trying to help i'm sure they're well intended but mm-hmm. i think that they hurt that process a lot and yeah. and, I, and i think that's a shame 
Can you talk about the, the dive bar stigma that you guys are trying to change? Uh, I don't think we're trying to change this. I mean, to me, a dive bar is, is like a comfortable spot where like the best dive bar you could go to is a spot where you walk in and you would see like a 21 year old that is having a birthday, um, an old man that's having a drink with some of his friends, every single, like different races, different, different, like genders, like everybody just, there's a, there's a mix, you know, like, like of social classes, everything like it just. A dive bar is like a like a true like like melting pot. That's a crappy term, but like of a of, of an of whatever area that that particular spot is in. You know, like like when we got Aero Club, the reason that we wanted to get Aero Club, we don't we didn't do we had nothing to do with Aero Club's success. We bought it as a as an amazing spot in October. You mm-hmm. know, but but we saw what it was. It was it was just the same as the waterfront was too. You know, like it was just a very awesome beautiful little spot where sure. people are just coming by and there wasn't a certain ne- there was no negative vibe there's just a, this certain vibe where it's just very welcoming you come in you have a drink people talk to you everybody's nice you end up talking to the guy next to you like commonly you know yeah. like you'll you like you'll end up having a conversation with somebody you didn't know and I, I don't think that those types of things happen at, at um, the more glamorous spots which those are nice spots too but yeah you're not going to really talk to the people next to you i generally at those types of places i think one of the things i i appreciate from watching your you you your group add these concepts from afar it's always how do you expand and open up different locations with different concepts but you go in with that village mentality where exactly what you said you don't have the concept to force on that village whether it's east lake or whether it's midway or whether it's you know uh, little italy you go in and you guys pretty much listen to what people want and you kind of adapt along the way and you're not opening up to be the hot spot in town. You're there to be the anchor. You want to be there for generations. We, that's a hundred percent true. We definitely think of it as this is not something that we're just going to be doing for three years at this location or five years at this location and then reconcept or something like that. We, we go into it thinking that we're going to be there mm-hmm. for, a, for a while. Um, and you know, it, I I, can't, I, want, I don't want to say that we listen all that all that much because a lot of times it gets so noisy when you're going into a um, any new, especially a restaurant where uh, people want to give you so much advice on what you're supposed to do. Yeah, you know? and so like that becomes you kind of have to have blinders a little bit. Sure. Because if you start to listen to everybody's idea, you you'll have like a bistro that serves everything. And like, you know, like there's, just, you know, like it, there's just no, you, you know, like, like you're like, what, what is this well, place? You right. know, when we first opened Cali comfort, our, our dinner menu was all over the place. Yeah. Right. And we learned, you know, through a lot of trial and error that you can't be everything to everyone. You know, you've got to, you've got to be, you've got to be who you are and, you know, do that really well. Yeah. Yeah. So with that forever changing, you know, eclectic groups that come into to towns how often do you guys change your menus i mean i know just from the hills i mean there's always something kind of cool and neat that you guys are doing how often are you guys doing that we try to do it as much as we can it's, it's actually been challenging that you mentioned the minimum wage stuff that the kitchen stuff i think has been really tough with with the minimum wage stuff and like getting uh talented people in the kitchens um so you know, just to be completely honest, it like over the past year, it's been tough to keep up with new like ideas in the kitchen. We've right. been, we've we've had just enough challenges just trying to get them to do what we already do <laughs> yeah. correctly. You know what I mean? So like like a, a new menu item to me is like we're not ready. Right. You know, mm-hmm. you know, right now. Right. Um, 
but hopefully we can start to get back into like, I guess that R and D type stuff where you're wanting to get new stuff on the menu. Cause you do, you know, especially if people are in an area where it's two and three times a week, they get, they get tired of just having the same stuff. Eventually it's going to drop off. What kind of uh, mix product mix do you guys do at the different, I mean, is it, I mean, it's all you, over the place, It's all over the place, mm-hmm. but where, where's the heaviest food that you're doing? Highest volume, probably werewolf, probably werewolf. Mm-hmm. What are you 50, 50 or, Oh no, I'd say it's like, like it's high sixties food. Oh really? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. It's a, it's a monster. Of and food how long have there. you guys been operating werewolf? That's going on. We're on going on our fifth year now. Fifth year. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Does that one have more challenges than the others because of the food aspect? The food is not the uh, downtown is, is very tough because, um, there's waves of, of, uh, of people that you can't, uh, from a, from a labor standpoint, you can't project. Can't project. Yeah. So you don't know, you, you could have one convention that comes in that you think, Oh, these guys are going to rage. This is and, our, and this is our nothing, target audience. Yeah. yeah. And then nothing happens. Mm-hmm. And then the nurses come into town and absolutely <laughs> go never wants to go to work. You know, yeah. Right. You know what I mean? So like, it's, it's, yeah. uh, it, it's really hard from a labor standpoint to make, cause if you, if we are, are we want every, we want everybody to leave happy. That's basically what we say constantly. Everybody leaves happy. Um, that's really hard to do if you're not prepared for a giant wave of people that come sure. in and have expectations, you know, so, um, werewolf's, werewolf's tough yeah. right, in that regard, you know, what's um, the largest location that you operate? Uh, from a volume standpoint, waterfronts, waterfront. definitely. Yeah. But as, as far as square footage, probably, uh, I, this is my cousin's spot, but Eastbound's Eastbound. probably, yeah, probably like square footage spot. That would be that look and you know that's that spot's designed in a certain way that you have to have table service and you have to have um a certain amount of staff on in order to in order to run it it's like a big ship yeah you know what i mean it's but it's all ages is that the only is no, are no. all of them all or are uh, they all yeah, 21 and up yeah yeah harbor towns all ages um eastbound's all ages werewolf's all ages uh the hills is all ages which, uh, I mean, the which hills, is, I mean, you guys even do the damn bar in the, on Sunday mornings. I've taken my boys there before. It's a waffle bar. And, I mean, you can put on anything that you can think of that's, you know, <laughs> that kids love, whether it's Fruity Pebbles, um, jelly beans, marshmallows, chocolate, put them on your waffle and let the kids eat them. I mean, it's pretty cool that you guys do yeah, that. Yeah, that, that's that's my cousin's spot, and he, he, he does um, – uh, you know, pajama, uh, breakfast and yeah. stuff like that, where families <laughs> come in and pajamas and mm-hmm. do that move and stuff, you know, and, you, you know, keeping it fun and, um, just having a good time with it. You know, the, the, like I know, I remember when he opened it, he, that was one of, you know, there's, we, we have a, a terminology about like there's Kings, um, as far as customers and then there's stars and the, the stars are the, are the ones that'll come in in pajamas. The, those are the ones that, that are, that are like have no problem with having some fun yeah. and, and, you know, Kings come in and they don't even like to be spoken to that much. You know what I mean? They're, 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 they, they like, they want service. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, they won't even make eye contact with you. They mm-hmm. want, they want things in a certain way, you know? And, uh, Kings hate that shit. Like, like pajama stuff. They don't even like it being around them. You know what I mean? mean? So like, so like from a, from, you know, as far as everybody leaving happy, a King walks in the door, they see that type of stuff happening. They're just like, this place is ridiculous. It's fascinating. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. You're hundred percent correct. And and it's, we, we kind of made a, a certain, um, like decision where we're like, we're just not gonna cater to the Kings. Yeah. You know, like we just can't like, like not there's to stay in business. Yeah. It's just, yeah. You have to have the Kings to stay in business. Yeah. yeah like, but you can't not, I mean, it's like us not throwing the barbecue festival 
you know, we shut down the street in front of the restaurant and the regulars that come in every single Sunday okay. for their normal ribeye breakfast. Yeah. They, you know, guess what? On barbecue festival, they can't come in because we have barbecue teams sure. all throughout the streets. Sure. You know, yeah. it's like, well, this, this is throwing off my Sunday. Right. You know, but we can't not put on that barbecue festival community event because we're trying to pander to the stars yeah. have to win. Yeah. And it, like if there's ever push comes to shove, the star wins, mm-hmm. you know, like you just yeah. can't, you know, like, um, you know, I guess you'll end up being like, like a Denny's type of a spot, you know, if you don't, or it's just like, you know, there's no real, there's no heart. Like the stars are providing the heart, you know, when you go out and you look for something new is how important is like location for you guys? Do you guys want to be close to schools? Do you want to be close to freeway access? Like, do you guys, do you guys have any, you know, algorithms like that, that where you want to be within certain things or do you guys just go for the feel? It's mostly for the feel. Yeah. And, and that's, done well for us and it's also like bonsai for whatever reason we felt that bonsai was like yeah we can go in and we can make a neighborhood spot in the midway area and it's like no you can't do that you know <laughs> you, you, you know yeah. like uh, it's, you know it's, yeah, yeah. It's a tough neighborhood. yeah right for, for you those know? of you that don't know midway district is probably it's one of the highest volume commercial districts um, with a lot of different traffic challenges it's where Pachanga Arena is and where the San Diego Gulls play, the Seals play, um, which is cool because there's a lot more events going on close to there. But what you guys have done with Bonsai, I mean, I from from the outside looking in, I couldn't believe, first of all, that you guys bought it and then that you were able to create an atmosphere where I swear every time I drive past, it's full. It's full and people are enjoying themselves. I know Gulls fans that go there for pregames. I mean, they absolutely love it. And it has lots of challenges with parking how do you get there how do you yeah get out get get in yeah it's it, it was a tough spot and i like and i guess when you're when you're just feeling you know like you just <laughs> you just make those th- like honest in our minds i thought when we were going to open the spot that oh there's gonna like there's look at all these people like we're we're the only indie spot that's in, that's in yeah. this area that's going to be appreciated it's going to be right when we open up you know mm-hmm. and you know, I'm sure that's all ego, but like, you know, like it's just, that's just not the way it works. You, you, you kind of have to be wired that way to make that leap. I yeah, mean, you I have, guess. You have to assume that people are going to come in even yeah. no matter how crazy this spot we, That's is. what we thought. That's what we thought. And, and, you know, it took, it took a good year and a half, um, of, of like, you know, grinding and, and getting people in that area to understand that we were interested in them leaving happy and then them telling people like that, you know, like, mm-hmm. cause I mean, that's what would happen. They would come in like very, like what you know skeptical sure. you know what i mean because like everything in the area is like skeptical so like so whenever they walk around they're like skeptical or it's corporate yeah right you know, exactly it's corporate and like you yeah. don't know if, who's going to be there the next day and like yeah that's one of the things that you know our business derek's business your businesses we thrive on is that people know who their servers are they yeah. know who their bartenders are they know who's cutting the meat downstairs yeah no, I, I, I definitely think that's all, that's what it's about right there. You got to make sure you, you remember their names, appreciate that they're coming in and, um, they generally just love, they love that they come back. You know, mm-hmm. if you remember their name, they come back. What would you say to someone that wants to open up a restaurant that's listening and they say, you know, they want to, you know, kind of touch on it a little bit about, you know, the money you need to, to do something like that and kind of what it takes. But, you know, if you could say like, Hey, here's a few things you guys should really take a look, good, long, hard look at. What would you say? Um, I think that there's just so many moving parts with the restaurant business. There would be like, 
you, you, I think you kind of got to jump off the cliff and grow wings on the way down. There's mm-hmm. just no way to prepare for, it'd be like preparing to have kids, right. you know, like, like there, nobody's going to be able to tell you how, like how to have kids. There's just too yeah. many insane challenges that are going to come along, you know? So I don't think that there's anything that can be said it, either. If you want to do it, you just kind of got to go in guns blazing and do it um, and hope for the best. But if you really feel that that's the, that's the thing for you, then um, then you have to try. And then if you try your best, then I don't think there's really any, any, like, there's no shame in that, you know, sure. like you, you, you would be bummed out if you never tried to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, just make sure that it's not your ego that wants to do it because I feel like that gets you into trouble fast. Mm-hmm. You know, like your ego is the one that wants to make, it's not, it's not about making a, a nice spot for people. It's making a nice spot that you own, that people recognize that you own it. Mm-hmm. And that's, if you, if that's what you want to do, then you don't want to be in the restaurant business. Right. You know, no, it's a big, big thing that we talk to people about too. It's, you know, understand that it's a process and that, like you said, you know, people can tell you, Hey, when you have a kid, you're not going to get any sleep and you're not going to do this. You should do this. Well, and everyone's different. I mean, I have three boys. Every single one of them was different. So again, yeah. there's not a book that you can read that's going to tell you exactly what to do. Um, but th- that's what it is. It's just, there's a process. And if you cannot stay just one way, you always have to be adaptable yeah. and you always have to be making changes and you always have to <clears throat> be self-aware enough and, and look at yourself and say, okay, what am I doing and why am I doing this? Is this for the right reasons? And, and keep doing that. I mean, it's just, it's, it's hard sometimes, but that's just what makes you, you know, tick and, and keep going. And, you know, that's a, it's an amazing thing <clears throat> for entrepreneurs to do. And, it, but it's kind of hard to tell someone, you know, how, how to do that. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with everything you just said. Like, yeah, it's, it's just what makes you tick. You know, it, if it's all, you know, then you just kind of keep going forward. I like, I, sometimes we joke, um, me and my cousin, I'll talk about like, like we got into the restaurant business cause that's what we knew the restaurant business growing up with my grandma and stuff. So, mm. you know, there was, that was, all, that was like dinner table talk, you know? So, but if we got into a different business, would it have been easier? And I got to say, probably yes. Right. You know, like, yeah, like, absolutely. you know, like, yeah. you know, so like, like, <laughs> like, and, and that, that probably, yes, you know, true. you know, and I, I just kind of get like, so sometimes I'll be like, God damn, you know, like, like, cause we kind of, you know, we were talking about the longevity of longevity of spots and how we want it to be, you know, I, I'd like to give my kids the opportunity to, to, mm-hmm. to be in the business too. But you know, on the same, on the same you know, thought, do I, do how, I, how old are your kids? Uh, eight. And my, my son's about to turn nine and my daughter just turned six. So when was it that your mom was bringing you when she was bartending? Oh, like when I, as long as I can remember, probably when I was like one of my first memories actually is under, sleeping underneath, um, the bar. <laughs> and I, I remember sleeping underneath the bar and it was like some type of a party night. And I remember like, like water coming down off the, off the, you know, like from the bar. And, right. and, uh, and I remember going, God dang it, mom, you know, it's like, <laughs> keep it down up there, you know, like, you yeah, know, what's so, happening? yeah, what is going on out there, you know, but like, you know, in the playing pool with everybody at the waterfront and stuff like that. So I mean, we, I was definitely, I was there for, you know, since I could walk. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it's one of those things you, when you grow up in the business, I grew up, you know, at my grandfather's restaurant, I was busting tables and washing dishes when I was in eighth grade, you know, on the weekends. And I, I mean, I hated it at that point because I was a kid, you yeah. know, all my other kids were out playing sports, doing all kinds <clears throat> of stuff. And, um, but it was only because of that, that I learned, you know, what actually hard work is and what hospitality is, you know, what, why people and families, 
decided to keep coming back to the restaurant. I think that's those are the things that really enticed me about the business. And I know you have a theory on customer service called if you want to tell us a little bit about that. Well, well I mean, uh, there's I have a bunch of ideas about customer service. Like, are, are you talking like grandma's about grandma's house? Okay, yeah, yeah. So. Um, you talk about hating the restaurant business or, you know, disliking yeah. being in it. I can completely relate to that because I did not, you know, yeah. I got, like I'll like, keep it down. I don't want to be here. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to play pool all day. Yeah. I want to definitely know, not cool. It's like, not as, cool. As cool as other people. It sounds like, Oh, growing up in a bar. It was not cool. You know, having, yeah, it you know, wasn't the, pe- cool the people weren't cool. I didn't like the people. I didn't like, I didn't like anybody. <laughs> the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. like, like the, the, um, uh, my grandma loved the people. My mom loved these guys, you know? And I'm like, hell you know i don't understand <laughs> yeah you know like what like and, and as i got older i i started to understand you know the the character of these people that are coming in and why there was there was such a relationship but i think when you're younger you, you resent it because it was like you know the, the family dynamics of everything you know mm-hmm. but um but yeah i i think that growing up watching my grandma interact with people kind of helped us come up with that with that kind of philosophy on how we treat the guests and it is you know um she made it feel like you're going to your grandma's house and if anybody's ever gone to their grandma's house before it's a very it's a straight up process that i it's it's you know it generally goes like this. You, you walk in your grandma's house, your grandma's going to get extremely excited to see you. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Where, how, how have you been? It's been so long. Doesn't matter if it was yesterday, right? Like it's been so long. Yeah. Compliments coming out. You look great. <laughs> you, what, what have you done? You know, yeah. like, did you, did you get a haircut? <laughs> no, grandma, I didn't get a haircut. You did. You, then you lost weight. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've been yeah. trying to lose a little bit of pounds. Yeah. <laughs> go, go sit down. Your grandma knows exactly what type of food you want. Go, you go sit down, go to your favorite table over there you go sit right there you go sit down your grandma brings you your 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 most favorite meal brings you your most favorite drink caters to you at every level right if you if something that you don't eat on your plate or 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 something about your meal seems a little off your grandma picks up on that in a section what's going on did you not like this? Did this come out cold? Did this come out? You, you hold on one second. I'm going to go back. I'm, right. No, I'm fine. It's fine. Really? It's fine. No, no, no. It's not fine. Boom. It doesn't matter what you said. A new plate's coming to your table, right? So you, you, you finish. You're like, grandma, I got to go. You're leaving. You're leaving so soon. Why are you? You've only here for an hour. Why right. are you leaving so soon? You know, so you pick up, you go to leave. Your grandma gives you a hug and then she asks you when you're coming back and she goes, are you going to come back tomorrow? I can't come back tomorrow. Are you going to come back in two days? I'll come back on Friday. Okay. You come back on Friday. You make sure you say hello to me. And that's the entire start to finish on how it would be at your grandma's house. Yeah. So that's generally what we try to do. The exact same move every single thing that happens within that process. We try to tell to the people that work with us and it's not just for the guests. It's for them too. It makes you feel good. Like the reason your grandma does that, it makes your grandma feel good. When, When your grandma gave you that meal, it felt good to your grandma, right. you know, like when, when she saw you light up, when, when, uh, when she said you lost some weight and that you got a haircut, like right. it makes you feel good to see somebody light up, right. you know? So, um, it, you know, it's like a mutually beneficial thing that ends up happening within the business that you kind of end up getting a certain addiction to when you see it kind of working, you know? Sure. Well, you wouldn't be able to grow if your staff wasn't able to instill exactly that. I mean, it has to be, you have to have a team that they believe in that. Yeah. Because otherwise it's fake. Yeah. You know, and there's right. so many places that you go that are not that they turn you off. You know, people are you're ignored or they don't care that you're there. I mean, you, it's it's those teaching those principles and hiring people with those principles that have it in their blood where you stand out and you can be extraordinary. 
Yeah, no, I, it's, it's, uh, I, you know, we, when we get certain people from other locations and you tell them that they really don't get what you're saying when you first say it to them, you know, like they, they just, they go, Oh yeah, I'll be nice to people, you know, but then, but then like somebody will walk in and they'll just go, their body language is like, is like this. That is not the way your grandma stands when yeah. you walk into oh, the yeah. room. You know what I mean? Like your, like your grandma would never let somebody walk through the door and not be recognized. And, and so that you, you kind of have to like say that, like if you, you know, do you think that that person felt special to come here? You know, like, like, what does it matter? You know, like, well, it matters. It matters, you know, and, it and, matters. and but, but like, as, as they start to get it, I think that it matters for them too, where they get it on. It's not, it's not about the business. It was just from a personal thing for that person too. Like, dude, like this is how you interact with people. Like you're not, you know, like you can't just be indifferent to somebody choosing to walk over and you know, like it's hard, you know, a lot of stuff had to happen for them to choose to come to this particular spot. The parking sucks. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, that it's, it, there's like 17 stoplights yeah. they, they, you know, like there's a, there's a bunch of other lo- locations that they could go to sure. and they're choosing to come in here, like give them some respect for doing it. You know what I mean? Right. Like I mean, the way, the way I'm hearing it is that you are really creating an experience for your consumer when they walk in and that, you know, what's one of the best places, <clears throat> where do you feel most loved. And like you said, it's at your grandma's house when you walk in and if you can duplicate that, you're winning. That's it. You're you're winning. And and that's pretty cool to, to hear. I've never, never heard it put, heard it put that way. And the simplicity of that actually makes so much sense. Right. It's just like, I know I felt loved my, well, my grandma knew that I was going to go home. Right. And Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to be here forever. So she was going to do everything she could to make my experience great. Right. And that, you know, <clears throat> she would want me to come back at another time, but it's, it's, it's really, really cool for you to, you know, come up with that and, and, you know, share it with people because I mean, that, that is the experience that I think people really want. They want to feel welcomed. They want to feel wanted. They want to feel like you <clears throat> want me to be there. And, you know, it's not just a transactional, Hey, give me your money. Here's a beer or give me some money. Here's your food. It's really about the experience that you're creating for everyone. Yeah. And, and I, I think that equally, uh, and even though the server doesn't know it sometimes they want it too. like, like they want to be the grandma too. No, like, 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 and that's, that's like the, 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 the tough part to like the training part process to get to the person from not knowing that it's so self-fulfilling mm-hmm. to be the grandma, you know? And, but once they're, once they get it, they go, Oh yeah. You know, like that's, that, 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 that's nice. It's yeah. It's crazy. It's one of those things we teach our servers, um, you know, cause a lot of them they'll, after they're done waiting the table, they'll go and see, well, how much did they leave me for a tip? Right. And it's the servers that don't care how much they left for a tip that always make the most tips, like without a doubt, because yeah. then they don't discriminate. Oh, is this a big tip or is this not like they're focused on just giving the best customer service, the best hospitality to that table. And then at the end of the night they go home and they're, I mean, it's, it ha- it's it's been happening you know since we started the restaurant it's yeah. the same thing with bartenders too yeah no i i like um we we had that terminology and we don't use it all the time anymore but i i still use it in my mind but it's like it, it's kind of corny but it's chase awesome and when you when you are trying to just do great money just follows you wherever you go like like nobody chases money and then awesome chases the money like like but you can be awesome and then if money just tends to gravitate towards awesome, you know? So if you just do good, like you, like what you're saying, you won't have to worry about the tip. Like, Mm -hmm. like stop, stop thinking about the money and just think about the the process of being the best. Yeah. And you won't have, then you, 
it's like it all, liberating. It, it all takes care of itself. Yeah, it's liberating. Yeah. You you get to go and just be good, and mm-hmm. then the money just gets to follow you. So that's great, you know. Like, and if you're trying to do your best and you just keep getting stiff, then maybe that's not the job for you. Right. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. No, it's it's important for people to understand that, and it's you know, not just in hospitality, but just in life. You know, the, <clears throat> you know, I always tell people I sleep well at night because I know day in and day out I'm doing the best I can and I'm working hard and I'm making sure that I'm doing as much as I can for others as anybody else. And it's not about me and it's about everybody else. So I know that I sleep well and I don't have those issues that some other people have. Well, maybe sometimes it's, you know, you got to soul search and kind of figure out, you know, am I doing the right thing? Is this where I want to be? Am I, you know, what, what fulfillment am I getting? Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's hard to do those things, but man, it's, uh, it's so important to just make sure that you're, you're just being a good person. I mean, like I said, you know, be awesome and, uh, it's, it'll, it'll the money will find you. Yeah. So at what point are you going to have too many bars? Cause Aero was Aero club. You guys didn't actively pursue that. That was an opportunity that there was news that broke that we, we had been, we had been, um, pursuing it for about a year previous to us getting okay. it. And, and it was, um, with the like the entire time the the rumors that we were hearing was that the person that owned the building was um was courting developers and trying to get that area to get turned into like a like like some type of a condo type of a thing that would inevitably wipe out aero club yeah and um so we're like okay well if we can work out something where we somehow protect aero club like maybe we can do that you know like let's figure out if we can do that um um, the owner of, of Aero Club, good guy, Bill, he, he, he uh, owns uh, Chinatown uh, now. And, you know, he, like, obviously, when you have such heart into a spot like that, you're going to be skeptical of anybody that comes along and says Absolutely. anything, you know. So um, it was just one of those things. It was like very hard to kind of go, listen, I, you know, I, I'm here if you need me, you know, like kind of like reaching out, going just and kind of always being there going, if, if something turns up and you change your mind, you want to have a discussion, let's just have a discussion, but I'm open. I'm open to whatever. If, as long as the outcome ends up being the aero club is preserved, you know, and, um, that's basically how it happened. Um, but yeah, as far as what it is, um, it's definitely, uh, the reason aero club is great right now is because of the, the bartenders that have worked there over the past five years, you know, that have made it that way. Um, and then, um, you know, Bill being, giving them the leeway to, to do those types of things like, um, Eric and Chad and different guys are over there that created the whiskey program that they have. How many whiskeys do you guys have? It's over a thousand. Over a thousand. Yeah. It's called like the whiskey temple. I mean, it's it's something else, man. I mean, like, like, like honest, I I drank, it's a little embarrassing, but I was in, I, I'm a Chardonnay man, you know? So like I was drinking, (laughs) I was drinking Chardonnay and then I I started going, you know, I, I did like to drop into Aero club for even a long time just because it was so close to waterfront. But I started kind of going over there and Eric was the person a few years ago that turned me on to whiskey. And, um, it's like, he has such a knowledge for it, you know, like what all, all of them do, but he, he has a, he was one of the guys that like kind of just goes, well, try this. This is from here. This has got like a peat to it, blah, blah. blah. And I was like, what? And started kind of just getting fascinated with it to where mm-hmm. it would just be like, dude, this is a hell of a product, yeah. you know, and kind of really, um, you know, just, just falling in love with, with whiskey, I guess. And now we, we have, we're, we're trying to expand it over at club Marina now too, with that same type of, um, you know, focus on just getting, you know, as many different 
high quality products that you can sip on that you don't have to mix up with anything, you know, just have a sip of whatever, you know, I think a lot of people are gravitating towards that with the, you know, the craft beer, big boom. And then people are kind of graduating and get into the craft whiskeys and, um, you know, we're, we're seeing it here at the store. I mean, we get pitched uh, a new whiskey almost every day. I Someone bet. coming in and a new distillery opens up. And that's who we want to support, to be honest. And we want to support that person that's really <clears throat> hyper-focused on their craft and wanting to make the best. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I know it's very subjective, but it's, you know, trying to do the best that they can to, to make a great whiskey. And, you know, we're, we're seeing so many people are coming in and buying it. And, you know, we're we make sure that we, you know, don't price gouge when we get those, you know, mm-hmm. good bottles. If we get a bottle of Pappy, if we get something else and we just sell it for our normal prices to get the consumer an added value for shopping here um, <clears throat> and, and let them try those things. Cause I mean, you know, there, there's some really, really good, good whiskeys out there. For yeah. Sure. No, you're right. I mean, it's, it's those like little boutique spots that have like a serious passion for, for it too, yeah. you know, like, and honestly, I, I like when I, when I'm tasting them, sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I like, just your passion more than I, than this whiskey. <laughs> right. I'm not sure which it is, you right. know, like, like there was some whistle pig people that came in the other day to arrow and I'm like, man, this is good, but I, I just want to like, <laughs> like buy stuff from you, you right. know, like, yeah. like it just had a certain vibe to them, you know, like, but yeah, like, um, uh, we've definitely since arrow club been focusing more on whiskey and trying to make sure we have that as an option for everybody that comes in. That's awesome. Well, everything uh, we talk about will be in the show notes, um, especially all the different locations you have throughout San Diego County um, so that people that listen to this podcast from afar can actually come out and uh, get a get a taste of what Grandma's House, um, Grandma's Hospitality is all about. Uh, anything, any events you guys have coming up or any uh, any places you want to tell our listeners that they should go or social social pages? Um, we're doing this thing. Uh, this is the first thing that comes to the, comes to mind. We're doing this bus thing that we're going to do for St. Patrick's day where it's kind of like a dive bar tour hmm, uh, awesome. and, and, uh, and just have a, like a fleet of buses that goes, goes around each spot, like every hour or 30 minutes and just picks up and can bring you to the next spot. You Very know? cool. And I think that'll be cool just to keep people, you know, just a nice little party. You're not driving. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that they're, you know, everybody wants That's to go really out and cool. celebrate on, on St. Patrick's. And where, so. where can they go to get tickets? Is our tickets available we haven't, yet? We haven't put it out yet, but, It'll be, um, but it, I, I'm sure we'll, we'll have it on, you know, waterfronts and aero clubs and uh, all the, all the web pages and stuff like that. Perfect. So, yeah, it would we'll, actually be pretty cool. I mean, you can sit somewhere and if you don't want to catch this bus, wait for the next well, hour. Wait for the next one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Cool. Yeah. Whenever you want to get up, heck, if you want to stay the entire time at one spot, go ahead. But <laughs> right. if you want, if you want to bounce, you bounce and go to the next spot. So. That's rad, man. That's awesome. very cool. Well, um, I do want to give a shout out to San Diego fleet. Um, Jeff Gardner, the president, uh, they came he came on the podcast and Johnny Castillo, um, who's a good friend of Derek and, and mine. He was phenomenal in helping us organize uh, a tailgate for Scott Kaplan's birthday. Um, fleet, uh, it's very cool. It's cool to be tailgating again in San Diego. Obviously, the Padres are making making moves, but Chad, we really appreciate your time. Uh, social shout-out this week goes to Bill Delgado, uh, Grill Fellas. Um, he has a barbecue catering company up in Whittier. Uh, he sent us a message saying how much he enjoys the podcast. Um, he also does catering down here in San Diego, so I'm sure we're going to run into him, but we appreciate you guys. Thank you uh, for listening. Please go visit uh, the bars and uh, thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks for having me guys.